0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your girl Jessie May Paluso. This is episode 382, I believe. Can't believe we've made it that far. Looks like we've made it. Can't sing anymore because they will stop the pod. Thank you so guys. Thank you so, guys. Thank you so much for being here, for listening. You know I've been asking you to rate the podcast five stars. We're looking for a 1,000 five-star ratings. I know we can do it. It's my goal. Help me reach my goal. Swipe down the podcast app to you get to the actual ratings section and just click the five stars right there. It's quick, it's easy, and you'll help the pod so much. We are looking forward to growing in 2024 and bringing you more exciting episodes. And I appreciate you guys listening every week. It's been quite Quite a wild ride doing this podcast, and the fact that Stamos is going to be on soon is just redeeming that I hung on to this and kept doing it and kept bringing you guys episodes. And I appreciate you so much. And I hope you enjoy this episode with the one, the only, the ever so lovely me, Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep 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 beep. You're listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host Jesse May Paluso. It's a personal look. Well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary. A deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's gonna get dirty. You might cry. you probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. Talk about my dog sometimes. Each week it's something different. Sometimes I have a guest host. Sometimes it's gonna be a movie companion episode. Sometimes I just ramble about the bullshit I dealt with the week before. You never know what you're gonna get. It's raw, uncut, and funny. It's me. Hello, beautiful people. I just... Put my hair back down. We had a fiasco in the studio, an absolute fiasco. There was what I can only describe to you as a prehistoric insect in the studio, up in the rafters, because that's where creatures like that live. They live up in the rafters, and they wait. They wait to strike. And this this creature, it was a spider. I made. Um, I made a weapon out of a broom like a real woman and I felt I felt Rosie the Riveter whispering in my ear you little bitch and she wasn't wrong I couldn't handle it 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 was red how dare a spider be red why are you red red is a warning sign it's a warning sign for everything it is the highest level of fire warning it is the warning that the tsunami has taken you away. If, if the tsunami colors red, you're dead. It's a stop sign. Nothing good happens with red unless you're a strawberry. And even then, thanks to social media, we've learned about all the tiny critters that are crawling around on the skin of a strawberry. We can't enjoy anything. So this red spider's chilling up in the crook of the rafters, waiting to strike. Just waiting to murder me. Debbie left. Debbie left. She left the studio. She went outside and told me to handle it. So we all know how this is going to go down. Debbie's fire. <laughs> She's out outside of the studio telling me how to kill a spider. Telling me the tactic to to which a broom should be used in order to exterminate a spider. And I said I feel it crawling on me. I'm going to feel it crawling on me for the rest of my life. What was it a brown bar- barn spider? <sighs> A brown barn spider. Well, guess what? You took a wrong turn at California Avenue. This is not a barn, although it would be really cool to record in a barn. I would love to do a barn podcast. I imagine that's what that couple, f- f- the Magnolia couple, Chip and Joanne Gaines, I'm sure they're recording their very bespoke podcast in one of their barns that they own. Well, they sell f- soaps for forty five dollars at Target. How dare ye! Rate the podcast, you guys. Rate the pod. Our goal is a thousand five star ratings. Give it to us. We give it to you. You give it to us. That's the exchange. We're looking for a five-star rating. Go right over to the app and click five-star ratings on iTunes. I will say a very helpful Patreon, Ron Phelps, sent a little... Advice on how to rate. He said, Okay, just rate it on iTunes. I'll promise you'll get more reviews if you explain that you got to go on iTunes on a computer to review the pod. I was having a genuine trouble just trying to figure out how to rate the damn pod. It's a lot. You got to figure out some software bullshit. They don't make it easy. Ron, I don't know if you're on like one of the first Apple computers ever or if you have a flip phone, but I'm pretty sure you can do it on your phone. You just have to scroll down. To where the reviews actually are populated on the Apple app, the iTunes app, and you just click five stars because that's what this podcast is worth. But thank you, Ron, for your input. I do appreciate it, and maybe that is helpful helpful for for some people. A lot has happened. I want to say thank you to everybody who came out to the shows in La Jolla. I said it right, did I? Okay, like <laughs> it's a word that always escapes me, like many words. And we had, a, we had a really great time. It's a comedy store in La Jolla. A lot of history there. I was there with my dear friend, Leah Bonama, who I've known for years, literally about 21 years, maybe give or take. We started stand-up in New York together. And also my newer, but still I've known her for years, friend, Katie Kazorla, who f- drove down on a weekend that was also... A weekend of her celebrating her 19th wedding anniversary to her amazing husband, Walter. So happy wedding wedding anniversary to those two. They're two of my favorite people, two of my newer friends I've known for a few years out here in L.A. And, you know, friends are the family you make. And I feel really fortunate to have both those women in my life. And they've really made me realize that I know I've complained a lot about being on the road and being a comedian and all that comes with that, especially as a female a 41-year-old female. I'm not equating that to any sort of ageism. I'm saying that it can be a little bit difficult to be on the road away from your home and your your creature comforts, but having real friends on the road with me felt amazing. I felt protected. I felt excited that I had history with these two women and It really is a testament to being around other women who, or people in general, I'm sure some of you can relate to this, who genuinely want the best for you. There's a big difference, and so you can feel that, such a subtlety with people. There's no jealousy, there's no competition. Uh, Competition in the sense there's healthy competition, where we're, you know, busting each other's chops, but nothing ill will, nothing malicious. It was a lot of freaking fun, and I can't wait to do it again that being said there were a lot of interesting people in the audience at la jolla first and foremost i learned something it's a dangerous decision when you're on the road to have your dinner in a grocery store you know these grocery stores that have like the hot bar the cold bar well not all of them are going to be extremely high quality like whole foods you know you you might, you might as well go to a four-star restaurant if you're going to go to the hot bar at whole foods it's so freaking expensive uh six slices of spinach cost you about forty-five dollars. All they had there was a pavilions, which I thought was a nice grocery store chain. So I go in there, I get a previously cooked, now cold slice of salmon. Who am I? Who do I think I am? I'm somebody who doesn't know how to make decisions. I'm somebody who's picking things at the wrong places. And then I decided to get some beets. I feel like that's a safe choice. I got some salt potatoes. They were dry. They were dry, dry, dry. You ever bite into something so dry and it sucks out all the moisture that you did have in your mouth? Felt like I was back in Arizona. It was Arizona in my mouth hole after I took a bite of that grocery store meal. But it was what I needed to get some energy to get going on the show. Sometimes you need a little pre-show bite. Luckily, it all behaved itself going through my system. We had no issues. Uneventful grocery store dinner. Very risky. I say enter at your own risk. But the, the benefit was like it was only $8. It was only $8. It behaved itself. So I consider that a success. Back to the subject at hand. Questionable people in the audience. One, we'll get to her. She's, she needs some love. She needs some self-love for sure. I've always said that 99% of my hecklers are women. I stand by it. It's a fact for me. It's a statistic for me throughout my career. That's what it is and what it's been. It's not an attack on women. It's only an observation. You ladies like to chat. And I know. I've got a man. I'm chit chatting. I'd like to talk his ear off. He says I talk too much. And that's rude because he talks a lot too. And I realize that women, we run our mouths a lot. I just have chosen to do so on stage and get paid for it. Not that I'm better than you, but maybe you might want to pick a profession in which you can chat, chat, chit-chat, chit-chat, chit-chat all all day long. You can chat as much as you want. Maybe you should be um, a sex phone operator or customer service. Or maybe you should just stand at a grocery store and talk to people on their way out and do it for free out of the kindness of your heart because you're lonely and you're so lonely and you want somebody to talk to you. Whatever that is, got to figure it out for yourself. We're going to get to her in a minute. Because the most shocking person I saw in my audience was a fella, older gentleman. And that's one of the things that has sort of evolved these few years that I've been doing stand-up. 21 years in 2024. Can't believe it. There was a fella sitting in the audience. And my audience has seemed to evolve into a very mixed bag. It's not just young girls like Girl Code fans. It's now older couples. There's a lot of elderly people who come and see me. Maybe all of my discussion about elder teeth and the gentle dental hygienist chatter that we've had in previous episodes. I don't know. I love it. I love my audience. It's its such a mixed bag. But when I walked up to do my final show at the La Jolla Comedy Store in La Jolla, California, I passed by a gentleman, maybe 60, 65 years old, with a MAGA hat on. And I kind of just looked at him. And he kind of looked at me and I thought, well, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> What's this guy going to say? And wouldn't you know, a very, very behaved individual. Now, that's not indicative of whatever I think about the world or politics. I don't like to get into it on this podcast. That's not what this podcast is about. It was telling of my judgment of an individual and him surprising me and him maybe having some judgment on me because I have no idea why he was there. He was alone. He was clearly fine representing where his political line was. And I know one thing about myself is I don't think my standup necessarily, be- I don't think my stand-up would be something that people who have voted for Donald Trump would necessarily enjoy, but I guess I'm wrong. Because when I got off stage, that guy gave me a pound, gave me a dab, fist-pumped me, said great job. And I said, thank you. And we didn't talk about politics at all. It was like what everybody wishes their Thanksgiving dinner could be. And Thanksgiving's coming up, and we're going to have to figure out how to survive the holidays together. That's going to be next week's episode. We're going to talk about how to survive the holidays and ways to navigate and circumnavigate all those uncomfortable conversations because they come up so often. And speaking of uncomfortable, that leads me to the heckling Helen that was at the show. Right when I get on stage, she's chit-chatting with her boyfriend. Just chit-chatting. And not chit-chatting. She looks like she's grilling him in his ear. You ever see people that are talking like a couple and someone is grilling right into the side of their face and that person's not even looking at them? So it just looks like like a music video from the 90s where there's a face facing one. I feel like there's a YouTube video or something. Maybe that song, I Would Walk a Thousand Miles, where one face is facing the neck and the other guy is just looking straight forward. That's what this woman was doing. She was speaking into her her significant other's neck the entire show. Now, I don't like to engage unless it's disruptive for the entire room. Sometimes my ADD kicks in and I have to acknowledge what's going on, but I've been practicing being a little bit more focused and driving against those instinctual reactions that I have sometimes because I feel like that just makes me have more of an ADD symptom. So I decided to be focused, and it turned out to be that she was just so disruptive. She's like, you know, it's a type of whispering that you're like, what is that? Is there somebody in the house? Who's whispering? I can barely hear what they're saying. It's just, and it kept going on and on and on. And I did know, I had a little tidbit of information before I went on the stage, that she had been doing that to the previous two girls. Now, if I know that, if I have all that information, now I feel like I have grounds to say something. And I did. And I'll play the audio at the end of the podcast, but I kind of went at her a little bit. Not that I feel bad about it, because I think it's worse as a woman to sit in an audience where there's another woman on stage, and we've clearly been a type of people who, haven't necessarily been respected completely throughout history you know we've been sort of discriminated against and things are changing think thankfully things are changing but we didn't always have a right to speak out as much as we do turns out some of us should shut the f up turns out some of us don't deserve female equality because you're up there chit-chatting well i'm up there chit-chatting we both can't chit-chat open mic nights or a certain time of the week. You should go to a comedy club and whisper on stage. Maybe you're going to say something. You clearly have so much to say that you're unable to sit for 45 minutes while some other woman who's worked 20 plus years away from her family, away from important events, away from people she loves and missing all sorts of holidays just to pursue this impossible thing. That's exhausting. It's so much fun, but let's be real, traveling and doing a ping pong tour across the country from coast to coast in the middle of the holiday season isn't always the way I want to spend my year, but I do it to bring joy to people, and this woman was disrupting the joy, and I felt like she needed to know that, and I let her know, I let her know, and you're going to hear it at the end of the podcast, very end of the podcast, after all the music is done, you'll hear, you'll hear how I addressed her, but the kicker is, here I am thinking the MAGA guy's going to be a problem. He sat like a gentleman, laughed, clapped, felt emotions. Him and I were connected. The whole audience was connected. Here's this woman. Who who knows what happened, though? Some of you are probably like, well, what happened to make her chit-chat her man's ear off? She was not happy. It was not a happy chit-chat. Certainly was not. It was an aggressive whisper. You know you're in trouble if your girl aggressively whispers into your neck. <laughs> You know you're in trouble if somebody's staring at your neck, whispering hateful things under their breath. You better pack your bags, and you better leave. Leave the keys and the catch-all on the way out, because it's not going to be rectified. It's not going to be nectified. You're welcome. So she's whispering. I kind of cut her off. We have a moment. I tell her to shut up nicely, kind of. I go on with my show, and I get into the portion of my show where I start to talk about my dad. And death. And I'm barely into the beginning of that chunk of my set. And she goes, this is uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, lady, we know. Kind of everything comedians talk about is uncomfortable. That's the point. We talk about uncomfortable things. To bring some light to them, to bring some levity, to understand them, to dissect them, to to put them through our weird perception and hopefully make them more understandable or at least a little bit more enjoyable or less painful what's more uncomfortable is you continuing to talk I would encourage you to have a podcast and I would encourage you to call it this is uncomfortable because I think that's hilarious I think somebody needs to have a podcast called this is uncomfortable and it's just women who constantly interrupt people and they're complaining all the time and maybe that if they listen back to how they sound they'll stop I don't know what the solution is I only had to let the world know that not all women (laughs) deserve female equality. (laughs) Not all of us. You got to heal it. That part of you that needs to be heard so much, ironically, in the silence will be the truth of it. If you sit quietly with yourself, you might hear reasons why you need to talk so much. If you sit quietly with yourself, you might want to listen to the things that pop into your head. And how you're talking to yourself. Because it might lead you to the answer or at least a solution. I don't wish ill will on this woman. I just don't want her to come to comedy shows and feel like she has a right to talk. I, I think it's really dumb. We know the the rule. We know the deal when you come into a comedy club. You turn your cell phones off. You shut out the world for an hour, hour and a half. Is it that hard? Actually, I can understand. Yes, it can be difficult. We've talked before about doing one thing. It's so hard for us to do one thing, even if that one thing brings us joy. It's a real problem. So if you're that person who's unable to be in a moment, watch a movie, go to a comedy show, uh, get a massage, be in any sort of moment where there's just one thing and all you need to do is, is, is enjoy, then you might want to do some digging. You might want to do some excavation of your soul and see what part of you is having such a problem. Finding and enjoying joy. And also if you're being disruptive disruptive of others' joy, you gotta dig a little bit deeper. We need we need Captain Tells <laughs> gonna say Captain Grant, Dr. Grant from Jurassic Park to come and do a little archaeology on your soul. Dust it off. See where it came from. See if we can't prop it up in a museum and have other people go, Oh, okay. That's that selfish selfish bitch circa. 2023 BC, actually AC, after COVID, I I recognize that. I wish her the best. I wish her the best. I had an interesting exchange today. I was going to get blood work done. And I sat down, and I'm not, not saying I'm a witch. I'm not saying I'm a witch, but I do have witchy powers. I can sense people's energies, and I can sense... When things are a muck, maybe it comes from being a child in a home where there was arguments and argument, uh, argumentation often where you felt like you had to placate and diffuse. You are able to sort of anticipate, or at least I feel I am able to anticipate and feel people's energy and, and energy shifts. So I say all that because I sit down in my chair, the phlebotomist mixed up my blood work. She was going to give me a flu shot when she had to take blood. So we, we cleared that up. I could tell she was a little frazzled. I had also had a frazzled day. I went to the gym and left my fanny pack around the Stairmaster. And I went up and down the stairs at the gym. After I was on the Stairmaster for 25 minutes, I went up and down the stairs at the gym three or four times looking for the fucking fanny pack. It was right at the Stairmaster. I will say I am proud of myself because I didn't have a panic attack. I didn't freak out. I didn't cry at the gym I knew it was somewhere. I says, hey, today's Tuesday. Thought it was Friday. The bag's somewhere. We're going to find it somewhere between the car and the Stairmaster I was on. Alas, I found it at the Stairmaster. I'm sitting here in this chair at Tia, which is an amazing woman's office here in Los Angeles. It's a little bit of a, I don't know if there's more in the country, but it is an updated OBGYN office. And it's an updated experience. It makes you feel like your body matters and people care. And there aren't beige and gray decor and office items around the entire space. It's all colorful, f- real flowers, books you actually want to read. It's it's a cool space. So I'm sitting down there in the chair and the phlebotomist is realizing that she had mixed up my blood work. And I said to her, you, you know what? I had one of those days too. I almost didn't make it because I thought someone stole my bag and it turns out I stole my bag and, and left it right where I left it. Put it right where I left it. So that kind of disarms her a little and I don't know what it was that got us to this, but she goes, you know, can I tell you, and people always say this to me, it, if I were somebody who wished ill will or was a manipulator, I think I could make thousands of dollars as some sort of like gypsy psychic because people just open up to me. I don't know if anybody out there listening feels the same. People open up to me, but I don't take it for granted. I spend that way my whole life. And she goes, I just have to tell you. I found out today that my boyfriend cheated on me. And I said, oh my gosh, tell me everything. And she told me, she showed me photos on her phone. This guy had messages on his Apple watch, messages on his Apple watch from some girl saying, I can't wait for you to come over so I can lay my head on your chest. And he tried to tell her that was a friend. That's not a friend. It may be a friend now, But someone's trying to move that from the friend zone into the bone zone We're not dumb And I could see her teetering I could see her teetering And I was like you gotta stay strong girl This is not gonna end well It's not gonna end well I am rigid on the subject of cheating I'm rigid on it Only for my own self Other people can go through relationships And have people cheat and they're fine I don't like it It's not for me And I think it's a sign of somebody who hasn't learned to love themselves and they're not happy and they're always looking for the next best thing. And you gotta move. You gotta move on. And so I try to be neutral because here's this woman drawing blood. I certainly don't want to make her upset and skip a vein. And we're here and she's digging, 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 trying to find my vein because I've made her upset because I made her realize that her life is falling apart more than she already realizes. But I tell her, girl, this, this man, it sounds like he has a problem being honest and she goes, let me tell you. And she tells me about her whole life and how hard she's worked. And she's saved her money from a young age. And she's just about to buy her own house. And she's proud of herself because she worked hard and bought a brand new car. And she says, I don't think he's happy for me because every time I tell him I'm doing something good, he goes and does something for himself. And I go, I, I said, it sounds like he's insecure and he's not secure with you as a woman. and, and feels like he has to sort of compete with you. And, and then I, I said, you know, I don't want to be someone to tell you what to do. I just met you. And you're just taking my blood. Here we are. I'm just supposed to get blood work. Here I am like, girl, you got to pack your bags. It was like 11 a.m., you know. And she says, I have to be honest, it happened before. And I said, mm-mm. And she just looks at me and I go, mm-mm. Fool me once. Cheat on me twice. I said, you can't let this happen a third time because then you're only going to let it happen over and over and over. And all this work that you've done and all these years you've saved all this money for what? So you can continue to be treated and mistreated and have your worth questioned. If somebody makes you question your worth, there's no question. You got to go. You've got to go and work on that. And... She feels she knows what her worth is. And she says, you know, I'm just going to tell him I need two weeks to figure it out. And he'll never hear from me again. And I said, from your lips to God's ears, girl, please make it happen. Make it happen. Because life is way too short to have somebody else question your worth. Or somebody who doesn't respect you. Or somebody who's going to cheat on you. What grade are we in? I just think cheating is so juvenile. It's so juvenile. I realize things happen, and hey, I bet you old folks, even 70, 80 years old are out there being sly, sly guys and gals. This is my opinion. I think it's so juvenile. And as a grown woman, she's got two careers, and this guy's not – let me just preface this whole thing, which I should have. She was gorgeous. I mean gorgeous. Like one of those girls, she's so pretty you got to tell her. She's so pretty she probably doesn't even know she's so pretty. You know, like certain girls, like you look at them, if they bought their beauty, they know it because they need it in order for their confidence, Kardashians, but if they are just beautiful naturally, they don't always know it, but they exude a certain level of confidence, but it's not like this overly confident, look at me, I'm a beautiful girl type of energy. She's just an effortlessly beautiful woman, and this guy clearly doesn't value a high value woman like that. So she had no idea how beautiful she was. And and now I hope she goes on and, and figures that out and realizes that she doesn't need these dead beats anymore. No more dead beats. We're over the dead beats. Okay? You just got to figure out for yourself where that self-worth is. And you got to keep it. And you got to do whatever you need to do to make sure that that is something that is a priority for you to know what your worth is. That's not to say that there aren't things for you to work on. And you're the bomb. Sure, you're the bomb. But you also could talk over people all the time. Sure, you're the bomb, but you also could be a little selfish and not considerate. You got to figure out where that line is for you. And I hope, I hope she does not take him back. I, I'm i going to go book more blood work just to find out. Hey everybody, this episode is brought to you by EveryPlate. Hoping to budget your food expenses this holiday season? Get more bang for your bite! With America's best value meal kit, EveryPlate is cheaper than takeout with no hidden fees. So you can add more items to your cart for delicious holiday meals. I'm hungry right now. Plus, only pay for what you need with pre-portioned ingredients. You Craven Steak? Introducing $1 Steak for Life. You heard me right. Add a 10-ounce ranch steak to your weekly order for only one buck. Now that's raising the steaks for dinner. You get it? Every plate provides plenty of delicious variety, so you'll never get stuck in a cooking rut. With 26 tasty and affordable recipes that change every week, it's easy to find something flavorful and satisfying for every meal of the day, like breakfast 24-7, get me pancakes, 15-minute or less meals, and big batch Faves plus add even more delicious options to your order with over 25 convenient sides, lunches, snacks, desserts, and more. I'm so excited about this. I'm going to sign up. You guys get a meal for $1.49 plus $1 steaks for life by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering code 49Sharp. You guys better do this. This is such a good deal. Subscription must be active to qualify and redeem a dollar steak. Get started with every plate for just $1.49 per meal plus $1 steaks for life by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering code 49 sharp. Don't forget, subscription must be active to qualify and redeem your $1 steak. And you better redeem it. It sounds delicious. Uh, we had a little Maybay's mail that I want to go through here before we get into some fun stuff that's going on in the world. Corey Longmire came out to the Phoenix show November 3rd. He says, Hey Jesse Mae, I was lucky enough to get to attend your show last night in Phoenix. And I just want to say thank you. I saw you after your set, your merch table, but there was a big crowd. And I honestly think I have autism and interrupting a group of people talking and possibly preventing you from making sales made me nervous. So I just left. That's so sweet of you, but please say hello to me next time. And He says, I wish I would have thanked you in person. It was a rough week for me. A lot's been changing, and I was looking forward to letting loose with some friends at your show for some time. I haven't seen you since, like, 2015 and was so excited to see you perform again, but got bailed on by my buddies. I wasn't sure if I should even go by myself or not. I just was super down about a bunch of crap, but I said, F it and went alone anyways. Good for you. We're always thinking the only way we can have fun is with around other people, people, which can be true most of the time, but you can also find ways to have fun alone. He said it ended up being a great time, totally not as awkward as I anticipated, and it lifted my spirits more than you know, so thank you for that. You said at the end of your show life is dark and to find some light. You mentioned the crowd was your light that night, and I'm glad we could have that exchange of energy. You really show me that no matter what happens, it's always possible to be happy and bubbly and laughing can really heal just about anything. Thank you again for being a comforting voice when I needed it. I hope you enjoy the rest of your show's best. Corey, I had to read that because I thought that was so sweet. Thank you for sharing, Corey. I'm sorry you didn't get to say hello to me after the show. Come out to another show, and you should be proud of yourself doing things alone. It's important to spend some time alone. You know, you got to get a break from people. People are annoying, aren't they? People can be so annoying. And look, if your eating habits don't match up with my eating habits, I don't know if I can hang out with you. I need you to be as hungry as I am all the time. And if you're not, we're going to have to separate so I can go get snacks. I can bring snacks, but I also think it's fun to buy food and have it made for you. So that's one thing for me. If we're going to be hanging out, I need to know what your snack plan is or your food plan in order for me to also accompany you on whatever this adventure is. Let's get to some links. We got some stuff happening here. Travis Barker is drumming along to his baby's heartbeat and the Internet isn't a fan. I don't know why I have such a problem with this couple. I don't know what it is. I I think, and this is going to be so hypocritical, it's the amount of tattoos he has because it looks like a hat. And I'm not one to make fun of somebody and their looks, but I just did. I realize that's a very hypocritical thing. It just, I wonder if, like, the ink seeps through. Does the ink get into the baby? This is a solid scientific question. Does tattoo ink get into a baby? baby? (laughs) Because when you get a tattoo, your body's constantly breaking down the ink. So I'm just wondering, does that ink make its way through our baby-making process? This, that's a question for Bill Nye. Travis Barker played the drums to his baby's heartbeat while in the delivery room. I, this is, there's, there's so many problems with this. I feel like it's so dumb, first of all. Should there be drums in a delivery room? What What hospital allowed this? This is a problem with rich people. And the Kardashians. What about the other people? I'm going to go on to read because maybe these questions will be answered. Travis Barker played the drums to his baby's heartbeat while in the delivery room with Kourtney Kardashian before the kiddo was born. For- folks online are calling it a bit ick. Blink-182 drummer did what he does best in the clip shared by the man himself on Thursday with the caption, practicing to my baby's heartbeat. It's so corny. It's ju- You can't stop playing drums for five minutes. Why do you have to make your baby's heartbeat about you? People are so self-involved they don't even realize it. They're so self-involved they don't even realize it. While some couldn't help but to point out he's one of the best drummers in the game, others chimed in with distaste for the delivery room performance. With one saying, "Courtney, who seems to be recording the video, has to have an angel-like patience." Let's see what some people said. This would have driven me up the wall. Courtney has to have the patience of a saint. Yes. Patience of a saint is an understatement. I, I I would have been worried about the health of the baby. Corey Real says it's going to be a beat of a song. Guarantee. Like what? Like a Blink-182 song? Greatest ick of all time. Wholeheartedly agree. Uh, one person says didn't expect anything less than Travis bringing drums to delivery room. I love it. Congratulations. No! Why is this okay? What about other people? Even if there aren't other people, this is... One of the reasons why if a meteor crashed into the earth, I would hope it was teeny enough to just land on the Kardashians' compound. (laughs) We should create a zoo around the Kardashians' homes, and they should only be people we look at, like critters in a vivarium. And all the money that we charge for people to go to the zoo goes back to the environment, because I feel like they've probably caused a lot of environmental damage from all of the plastic surgery that they've gotten there's probably no science to that but i'll give a quick call to my girl Coretta turnberg and she'll confirm or deny but i do think we need to open a kardashian zoo and charge exponential just charge so much money for people to go in and point and look at them and laugh in a nice way but also to maybe uh realize that these girls are absolute animals they're absolute animals it wasn't all bashing, though. Plenty of folks simply congratulated them and their new baby and calling the music so beautiful. I don't even need to see the video to know that it's absolutely ridiculous. They left Cedar Sinai. This was at Cedar Sinai. Where's the hospital director? What about people who are having births and they don't want a drum beat to the birth of their baby? What about people who have headaches? Because it doesn't matter what you're getting done. Sometimes you just have a headache. The lighting in the hospital. The stress. This is so selfish. Although it's still unclear what exactly what day their baby was actually born. Some newborns might recognize their pop's voice. We're guessing Rocky recognized Travis from the tight beat of his drumming. What, what if this kid comes out and has, has uh, eardrum damage? What if the kid comes out and he's deaf? How are they going to feel then? I don't wish that on a baby at all. Of course. But this is just so annoying. That's why it's, you just want to go, "Oh god, get over yourself. You couldn't you brought your drums, man. This is like what those actors during quarantine making the video. Remember that video of all those actors? What 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 were they what was it for? It was like, "Stay home. Stay home and, and vacuum and don't buy too much toilet paper." Cause we want, we need you to love, love yourselves, and everyone has to do what we need to do. It's like Selma Blair and 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 freaking Michael Shannon. I don't even know who was in the video. It was just the, all these actors. You're like, please stay off your phone. I've talked about it before. It's not sometimes it's not good to meet your idols. I don't think actors should have social media. The the coolest actors are the ones who aren't on social media all the time. Okay. This is a fun one. Circus lion escapes Italian show. Just a great headline. Also, that's going to be how I am introduced on stage from now on a circus lion escapes an Italian show. Rome's the street uh, streets of Rome. What a dream. The king of the jungle briefly became the emperor of Rome this weekend after a lion escaped from Italian circus. I don't, what do they do in an Italian circus? I can't even imagine. Italians are so dramatic. It's probably just a bunch of Italians just making hand gestures. It, 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 the fact that there's even a lion is surprising to me. But then again, maybe not because of gladiator sports. The jailbreak happened Saturday evening in the seaside town of Ladispoli. Oh, I was in La Dispoli. Beautiful town where a traveling circus was passing through. What year is this? It's like the 1400s. The big cat somehow got out of his cage and began roaming the streets. Several bystanders captured video of the lion walking in residential neighborhoods casually cruising the sidewalks and in between parked cars. I don't know if there's anything more terrifying than a casual lion in a residential neighborhood. Because think of the opposite. Yourself in a lion enclosure, you're not casually doing anything. You're terrified. You're terrified because of the rules of the animal kingdom. You are prey. We have no defense The lion's casual because he knows he'll murder everybody. It probably will take 45 of Joe Rogan's tranquilizer darts that Elon Musk made before that lion even goes down. And and the lion's like still casually strutting, strutting till that 45th dart hits him in his hind. Then he like just, I guess I'll take a nap. Eventually, the circus owner and local vets were able to track it down and sedate it and bring it back to where it belonged, and nobody was harmed while it was out and about. If this isn't the greatest marketing plan for a circus, I don't know what is. That's probably what the Italians were like, eh, let's let the lion out to uh, see if it brings a little promotion for the circus, huh? See if people buy tickets. I definitely want to go to this circus, for sure. It'd be amazing if it was just some Italian guy and his lion and that was it. That was a whole freaking circus. It's back in its captivity. There's still controversy. Animal rights activists has have decried the fact the lion is forced to participate in a circus at all. And there's public outcry demanding the Italian government ban wild animals being used in entertainment, period. I don't necessarily disagree with that. I don't think we really need wild animals in entertainment at all anymore. That's why we should open the Kardashian Zoo. Who would go? Get your ticket. Step right up. Woman over overhears mother-in-law on baby cam lying about her. This is great. She's jealous I married her son. Once, she said, if you weren't my son, implying she wouldn't be with him. She should be with him. This is insane. So a woman hears her mother-in-law on the baby cam and she's talking crap. A new mother accidentally overheard a conversation that immediately led to family drama. Oh! family drama when it's not mine it's the holiday season and family drama is on the horizon and this woman is no she is not impervious to being a part of all of this drama um taking to the internet to seek advice on anonymous forum the woman detailed an incident with her mother in law and her baby and her husband. This sounds like a lifetime movie. The narrative, which was elaborated upon extensively in the comments, involved a baby monitor, apparent lies, and some armchair psychologists on Reddit who seemed to help illuminate key details. So, let's see. Um,. My mother-in-law, this is actually the post that the woman put. My mother-in-law was helping my husband with our baby. I got a notification on the baby camera in his crib and checked on it. When I opened it, my mother-in-law was talking about me to my husband. He was standing up for me, of course. She was lying to my husband about a conversation her and I had had. I confronted her about it when she said, and she said, I, she was mad I was snooping. This is what people do. When they do something wrong, and they know they're wrong, but they don't have the balls or the ovaries, to be accountable, they say something you did wrong. To try to divert what they did wrong and then they confuse you and gaslight you and then you don't even know what you're talking about anymore. Here's an edit from her. FYI, I opened the camera because she told me the baby cries all the time. So I was checking to see if he was crying. I can tell what is wrong with him based on his cry. I believe that. That's a natural instinct a mother has. She was in the middle of a lie about me when I pressed volume on. I did not linger. I heard the lie and immediately contacted my husband. (gasps) it was in my house she was aware of the camera makes me wonder what else she's what else she's been saying i checked on it because i got a notification i would have checked on it either way probably but her comment about him crying further incentivized me even if she didn't make the comment i may check on my baby because i miss him and i want to hear him babble i don't know there's a lot of reasons to check on a camera but her comment incentivized me to do that that night this is really sick man to to lie to your to your daughter-in-law why not Take the opportunity to be like, yeah, I think you're a selfish bitch. And my husband, my son shouldn't have married you. At least be honest about it. Then came a pointed observation from one Redditor. Your mother-in-law is gaslighting you. See? Is she a narcissist? Is she trying to sabotage your marriage? That's what I thought. She wouldn't be allowed back in my home after that. I have to agree. And honestly, it, Reddit people go back and forth. They, they give their advice on to what really happened. Um, here's the thing. She said to me, um, a little, it's a little complicated. The lie wasn't a huge deal. It was the fact that she was lying. I guess a continuous lying. She said to me, why does he cry all the time talking about the baby? I said, he doesn't cry all the time. She said, because you give him the nipple when he cries. Well, yeah. Uh, So now it's wrong to breastfeed your baby. Babies cry for certain reasons. Poop on the butt, empty stomach. They're tired. They're lonely. Very simple reasons. I don't have a baby. I don't know what the right way to do is to, to sort of mitigate all of that. But she's, the mother said he's crying because he's tired or hungry and we're sleep training right now, which is very difficult. And he gets crabby between six and six thirty. on the camera. What I heard her say to my husband was she never, she said he never cries with her. I was like, Oh, okay. She makes a bitchy expression. Then she brought up something about a bottle I exited at this point and contacted my husband. Later, I opened the app again, and she was yelling at him, I don't know why you communicate with your wife, why you don't communicate with your wife. I don't know what the context of the comment was, but my husband and I arguably communicate too much. I exited after she said that and asked that he change the diaper of the baby before bed and left it at that. I confronted her the next day, and she spent nearly an hour trying to gaslight me about what happened. And then came a non-apology over text. Oh, my God. What did she say? She, uh, I want to see what she said in this text. Um, she said she would accept my apology for snooping, and I responded, you were talking about me in my house to my husband in my baby's room on my camera. <laughs> oh, that's such a great response. You want me to apologize? I'm sorry. I'm not in your house. It's not your phone. It's not your baby. Okay? That's on you. She said all that in text. This is the problem. She said her mother-in-law apologized over text by writing, I will apologize if you felt I said anything that offended you or crossed your boundary. That's what people do. Again, narcissists do. They don't take any accountability. They don't offer up any information that they think might, you know, put them on the chopping block. And I can't imagine that there's a lot of people who have great relationships with their mother-in-laws. If you do, I want to hear about them. Email me, Comedy at gmail.com. Tell me about those healthier relationships to give us some hope. And I hope this mother-in-law learns to keep her mouth shut where there might be a camera or have the balls to talk to your daughter-in-law and tell her how you really feel. Some people see this woman is probably the same woman type of woman who comes out to a comedy show and talks, but they, they just don't know when to shut up. They have nothing to offer, and they don't really – they're these women that are like, I'm pro-female, and then they talk about their daughter-in-law to their son in the baby's room? Ugh. Ay, 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 ay. I can't take it. I can't take these people. Let's move on to fake people. Homer Simpson will continue to strangle Bart on The Simpsons, co-creator says. This is great news. Changes seemingly won't be coming to The Simpsons after a co-creator and producer told People Magazine Homer will continue to get aggressive with his son. If we start to make cartoons woke and 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 abide by today's wildness that's happening and this parenting style again I'm not a parent I was raised by a mother who disciplined me that discipline created a respect that I have for elderly people for other people in general for my community for my environment I'm not saying that that is the sure-fired way to do it it worked for Nancy and Nancy's dead and I'm still continuing to be respectful so something worked Nothing's getting tamed. Nothing, 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 Brooks told the publication. He'll continue to be strangled. If you want to use that awful term for it, he'll continue to be loved by his father in a specific way. See, that's the thing. Disciplinary action is a form of love. The same way discipline is a form of self-care. Parents have to inflict discipline on their children so that they can be a part of society. News of the Simpsons patriarch no longer strangling his son was rapidly shared on social media after the October 22 episode McMansion and Wife. Premiered. During the episode when Homer and Marge meet their neighbor, Thayer, their new character comments on Homer's firm handshake. See, Marge? Strangling the boy paid off, Homer said during the episode. Just kidding. I don't do that anymore. Times have changed. Oh, he said that? That scene caught the Internet's attention when it was posed to X, formerly Twitter. Mainly, uh, many have used the opinions on the change. Hot take. I never liked the strangling bar joke as a running gag. Always kind of felt kind of out of place for the show as Homer as a char- for, and for Homer as a character, it's it's a cartoon. It's literally a cartoon. They say him Holmson has stopped strangling Bart before, as shown in the episode "Love Is a Many Strangled Thing." During the episode, Homer attends a fathering enrichment class. Oh, no! And I thought they said they weren't going to do this! And a large basketball player played by Real Life, former L.A.'s Lakers star Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, teaches Homer what it feels like to be young, small, and terrified by strangling him and letting his friends do it, too. Homer temporarily refrained from strangling his son until season 24, when the episode Love is a Many Splintered Thing aired. Despite books saying changes won't come to the show, Homer hasn't been depicted strangling Bart since season 31 so it seems like maybe homer's softening his hand that's not to say parents should beat their children that's not what i'm saying i'm saying that discipline is a form of love and however you choose to discipline your children as long as you get the outcome that we need as a society so that your daughter doesn't talk in the middle of my comedy show will suffice we've got some bad news and i think deb sent this to me to start and incite a riot on the podcast. McDonald's partners with Crocs to release four unique pieces. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Excuse me. I thought we were going to end at the Croc cowboy boots. I thought we were going to end and I thought we were going to go into a really fun space of new fun Crocs. But no. McDonald's and Crocs have teamed up for the first ever collab bringing special themed Croc sandals for the ultimate fast food fashion holy grail. (sighs) I got to say they're kind of cute. But I don't condone promoting food that's not food. That food doesn't food. There's nothing in that food that is food. We know this man, and this food is carcinogenic, it is problematic, it's gross, it's got chemicals in it. I'm so pissed off about this. The four pairs include Grimace Crocs, Cozy Sandal, Birdie Crocs, Classic Clog, Hamburglar, Classic, Classic Crog, and McDonald's Classic Croc, and I'm pissed. <laughs> The shoes will be released on November 14th Retailing between 70 and $75 Fans will also get matching socks for each pair This is bullshit This is a bad move Crocs Mark my word I have defended you I have talked about you To exhaust I, I, I love you so much You're breaking my heart You're breaking my heart with this collab Because this is just going to open up doors For more horrible collabs Taco Bell Crocs Arby's Crocs Uh, what's next Applebee's Crocs I would rock a pair of Applebee's Crocs that's a different situation what's another fast food Chick-fil-a Crocs you gotta you gotta really think about who you partner with and make sure that it's good for the brand this is a bad move Crocs mark my word I might burn my Crocs after this I'm pissed human skull found for sale in Florida thrift stores Halloween section are we shocked I can't imagine human skulls being sold in any other state but Florida. I wouldn't be surprised if Florida has a factory where they make human skulls. Fort Myers, Florida. Skulls are common decorations in stores during Halloween, but usually they're made of made in a factory, not taken from actual dead people. Well, a thrift store in Fort Myers learned Saturday that it was selling an unusual item and one of its shoppers noticed that one of the skulls in the Halloween section was actually real according to the Lee County Sheriff's Office. Oh, my God. The shopper was an anthropologist, of all things, recognized that the skull was, in fact, human, prompting detectives to come and pick it up. When While well, some anthropologists focus more on cultural studies, there are experts in recognizing and analyzing human remains like forensic anthropologists. <sighs> detectives agree that the skull appeared to be human and sent it to District 21's medical examiner's office. Deputies said that the store owner told them that the skull was found inside a storage unit. <gasps> that was purchased years ago and had been left alone ever since. Where's the owner of the storage unit? This is a new Netflix show. Despite the unusual circumstances, the sheriff's office said that the case did not appear to be suspicious. Huh? Wait, don't tell me that police... Don't tell me that police are becoming completely desensitized too. I can't even say it. Don't tell me that the police are becoming desensitized. I guess in Florida all the police are desensitized because there's so much happening at all times. They can't possibly be worried about a real human skull in the thrift store. This is just insane. This is insanity. But of all places for there to be a real skull, it should be in Florida. I'm glad it wasn't in Syracuse, New York. Maybe this is our. Maybe this is a way of, of, of someone trying to get us used to, to human skulls being sold. We expect it in Florida. Next thing, it might be in Connecticut. It's going to start making its way around the country before you know it. All these girls that sell, you know, leather goods for way overpriced and overmarket at all the thrift shops in California might start decorating them with real skulls. And then we're all just going to be fine. We're all going to be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, they sell skulls in thrift stores now. I can't believe the shopper was an anthropologist. What are the chances of that? What are the absolute chances of that? And also the fact that I was talking about anthropologists earlier, Dr. Grant. This is absolute insanity. Well, first and foremost, I wanna say that you guys aren't gonna get away without rating the podcast. I'm not gonna let you go. I'm not gonna let you go without rating the pod. You go right down to the app, you scroll, you find the the rating, you hit five star, and you help us out. We've got a couple ratings. Uh, sh- we've read a-, a couple of these before let's see bark mark says wholehearted humor how sharp is it after being advised from the intro of the possibility i did indeed laugh i did cry i cried from laughter thanks for the smiles jesse may stan the gifman says sounds like you've given me a mission great topic and yes life can be so mundane in search of my awe moment and Lil Traveler 82 says she's so relatable and hilarious. Like, listening to discussion, I would have had with a best friend. Except it's just her. Keep it coming. I will keep it coming. Each and every week. Thank you guys so much for listening this week. And think about the Kardashian Zoo. Let me know if you guys would come. Because I might just see if I can buy some land. And a fence. That's all we need. Maybe a blow dart or two. I don't know. I'll give Joe Rogan a call. Love you guys. Have a great week. Did I forget anything? Oh, come see me in Syracuse. S- come see me in Syracuse. Last show of the year, November 22nd, Funny Bone, Carousel Mall, a.k.a. Destiny USA. My whole family's going to be there, which is only two people because everyone's dead. Get your tickets at jessimay.com forward slash tour. Love you. Elliot's seven. Karina was in bed. You guys are really chatty. I don't know what you guys are talking about, but it's annoying the f out of me. She's <laughs> drilling him about something. She's looking right at him. He keeps looking the other way, and she's looking right. Has <laughs> a like, girls talking to you, looking into your ear hole? <laughs> and you're like, listening? But he's probably not listening because we're at a comedy club. There's somebody on stage who spent 20 years of her life away from her family from the fourth <laughs> People don't know what to say when people die. My one friend was like, "Oh God." Well, at least there's the will. I go, "Huh, bitch?" <laughs> what you think? People die and they become rich? <laughs> My dad owed some guy named Will. What are you talking? <laughs> we have a will. We had a bill <laughs> and four Oldsmobile ninety-eight. So what are you talking about? <laughs> It was tricky, though. It was hard to lose them, but it taught me all the lessons. It's uncomfortable. (laughs) 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 Okay, now I don't want to believe that that came out of your mouth. Two words come to mind. The odd. Are- Well, that's why I'm here, bitch. So if you shut up and listen. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I laugh it. That's why comedians are here to talk about the uncomfortable shit you don't want to talk about But you keep whispering into this motherfucker's ear. I love it. I love it. Oh, you take it out